0: Everyone and welcome to 99 Potions, Fanbyte's premier RPG podcast. I am one of your hosts, head of Fanbyte Media, John Warren. With me today are my two RPG pals, as they are every single week. We have featured contributor for Fanbyte.com, Natalie Flores. Hello. Hi. And we also have managing editor for Fanbyte.com, Steven Strong bimbo the Minions.
1: Okay. Sneaking that in here for well. the news
0: quest so we can
1: make it on the recording so that that can be the title of this episode. Yeah, like, people
2: could hear the conversations that are so cursed that we yeah. had before we
0: record. Yeah, I almost said we were burning pod about like two minutes into Same. that conversation. But like, were we really? I think we were just sparing our listeners. Yeah, that's warm-ups. I that's think there's warm value ups. in warm-ups. I think there's value in that, sure. Which uh, is, wh-
1: you know... It, Just, it's anything that's, it's like the scraps on the like, uh, floor, like the floor of the shoe factory that they can't use. <laughs> um, that's kind of what we have, but that's, yeah, that's you know, kind that's of still our, value.
0: That's kind of our vibe. We're the, we're the floor of a cobblers is what mm-hmm. 99 potions is. Um, <laughs> We, to part the curtain a little bit, yesterday we were uh, talking about this episode trying to come up with something to do and it totally slipped all of our minds that it's the last of the month. And what does that mean? It's news quest time. That's right. If you are a first-time listener of 99 Potions, the last episode, every month, we talk about the news cycle. We talk about news uh, that has happened previously and things that might be on the horizon. Uh, Kind of a weird one, I would say. We have Mm -hmm. like... A few little things and also some things that are hard to talk about. So let's um
2: Who better what? up to the quest than the menu yeah. potions. <laughs>
0: we we need to put on our cloaks of resisting bullshit.
2: Our and organization on, 13 cloaks. Yeah. yeah.
0: we need to put those on and trudge it through it some of this. Resists
1: darkness. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Stupid. Um I think we should start with the thing that like I feel like twice or three times on this show we've said we should just get it out of the way, but then we end up talking about it for a really long time. Hopefully that's not the case, but you know what? Let's talk about the cyberpunk mod tools that just got released for a Yeah, let's get it out of the way let's get it out of the way um they did just launch this for the pc version of cyberpunk 2077 the mod tools i think it has been uh, just a few weeks that they um a few weeks ago i think it was after our last news quest they announced the updated timeline of the uh release schedule for cyberpunk 2077 content and it's pretty much just like (laughs) <laughs> all over the place i guess in
1: 2021 <laughs> so it's like a lot of nothing it's kind thing. of a lot of
0: nothing there's not a lot of specific stuff there there's some free dlc that is uh, going to come out at the beginning of the year but the beginning of the year uh, at least by their little graph that they released looks like a very long time if you take the year by percentage so Who knows when that's coming out, but they did release the mod tools that has started in earnest. And I guess I just wanted to get uh, y'all's, I don't know, feelings about, listen, I know I had feelings about the fact that like they released mod tools before they got a lot of this other stuff figured out, but I I will hold my opinion for a moment. I just just... keep
2: thinking about, go ahead.
0: No, Natalie, you started first.
2: Uh, I just keep thinking about, John just immediately being like, bruh, they're going to get this into working conditions. And by they, the modders are going to get this into (laughs) properly working condition before CD Project Red does. And I'm not even sure that's not part of the plan.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess. Yes. To get, to get right into it real quick. I, that is how I feel about it is that I feel like this is a way to, uh, have modders come up with fixes of some of the game's most prevalent problems. Like I, you know, it, it it's not really a fair statement to say that the modders are probably just going to fix this game from toe to tip by the time they actually do anything uh, legitimate with it. But I can definitely see things like the fact that traffic is lifeless, like things like that. I can see modders actually coming in and change these things cuz we've seen that with games like Grand Theft Auto 5 where they've added realistic traffic and like both in density and behavior in games like GTA 5, I can see modders coming in and maybe doing something like that here. And um that feels cheap in a way and not fair. I mean, modders are modders and they're going to do stuff and like it that's all by choice, but like This does feel a little strange to me.
2: Right. Like, there's a difference between, like, for example, all the modding work that has gone into a game like Dragon Age Inquisition, like, all the new hairstyles and Mm -hmm. some quality of life features, like, fixing your ugly pajamas at Skyhold into, (laughs) like, really sexy, like titty cleavage, uh, pajamas, yeah, or something. I was going to say, <laughs> the other thing that
1: this mod is going to do a lot is just really bring out the perverts, like, full stop. Like, that's going to be the other... Those are, those are the two pillars of the mod community, is make a broken game run well and also uh, take everyone's clothes off.
2: Exactly. <laughs> and so there's a difference between... The mods for Dragon Age Inquisition and essentially modding, you know, one is to enhance and the other is to essentially fix what is still an unfinished and broken game, especially because uh patch 1.1 just came out last week. And <laughs> there's a game-breaking bug in that <laughs> yeah. patch. That's literally where right after I stopped playing and i was like okay maybe i'll go back to it now that there's a, a new patch and then i read that that literally the next quest cuz i i drop everything for judy judy is my wife yeah. my yeah, life yeah. light of my <laughs> life um and so uh i've done all her quests and so what's left is Takemura stuff and then I read on news sites oh this Takamura quest is actually game breaking and it could even like break your entire game and you can't like you have to start over there's no way out of it and there are some fixes that people have found like potential not sure fixes like I know that one of them is calling Judy like doing something through calling Judy and I just want to say that that's kind of my impact and that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, and it's like, okay, I guess I'm not going back to that game. And then I saw people like Gene Park from Washington Post, other people that I know are playing the game and went back to check it out. Like Paul Tassie at Forbes.
0: Oh yeah. I'm just
2: being like, um, (laughs) It runs even worse than before. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The textures take even longer to load in, and I guess there might be a few performance fixes, but there's also the caveat of the game-breaking bug. So, you know, like pros and cons, but the cons seem vastly to outnumber the... (laughs) the pros so i'm and i mean you already see that right like from the first week i went on nexus mods because i was like maybe I, i can make myself play this for judy maybe there's something in there that like some mods that will make this a lot less tedious to play and then i thought about it and i was like no like i shouldn't rely on mods to want to play this game. Like, I I have to go through the trouble of installing mods and doing all that. I'm a lazy bitch. Like, I really like to have it simple. Like, with Sims 4, you know, you just download something. And, you know, you got a bunch of new clothes and the character creator or something. Modding Dragon Age Inquisition, for example, at one point required. I'm not sure if it still does, but it required downloading a program called the Day I Mod Manager, and then having to work with that. And when I saw that I had to do something similar for Cyberpunk, I was just like, no, like there's not enough for me here to think that it's worth it. Right. Um. So yeah, that that came out, and then before that, <laughs> January was was just like a lot of Cyberpunk. Drama, which I mean, is every month at this point. Um, well, it's the month that the <laughs>
1: after the game came out, it gave people time to reevaluate that game mm-hmm. and see like what was worth praising and what was <laughs> and what was the rest of it. What was the meat of the game, basically?
2: Yeah, and then of course we have. <laughs> I, love, I love
0: what was the rest of it. Is my <laughs> like, of it. <laughs> I just I want to get into shirt that says Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven on on the back it just says what was the rest of it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh-huh. Um, and then, of course, there's the the video in the middle of the month, January 13th, of Dear Gamers, Our Commitment to Quality, in which uh, studio head Marcin Iwinski, um, one of the co-founders of to Project Red, released a five-minute video on the teams and companies' commitment to quality, which was honestly just a lot of very transparently bad pr talk because well, they, they
1: threw their qa department under threw the
2: bus their right qa bus mm, under the yeah. they, they threw their qa department under the bus sorry and i you know i've seen a lot of different you know opinions on that and thoughts and while i agree that it's you know i'm sure he didn't go into the video being like yeah i'm gonna sacrifice my qa team to the lambs or something like right. that doesn't mean there isn't a clear undervaluing of the people who work for you on his part and on the part of the board and the leaders, because just like saying, Oh, like, not enough testing was done or testing didn't find these issues. Testing found those issues. Um, yeah. And if they didn't find those issues, it's not because testing wasn't good enough. It was because you didn't give your testing teams enough time or they weren't big enough to handle a game on this scale. Uh, and so that that especially read very poorly among people. And I think it only brought more backlash. Uh, there was the Jason Schreier, uh, report on Cyberpunk and the development team, um, we yeah. didn't learn too many new things from there. Like it confirmed things that we already knew, but I think it was a great report that, you know, showed and gave a voice to the developers on that team. And then came <laughs> the the response from, was it Morrison Nowinski? I think it was, some, no, it was Adam, um, I mean, let me see. It was Adam. Wait, it's wait. the
0: it's the studio director, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he replied to the report in this no app um statement um because now we've entered an age where company heads prefer to respond to a report by quote tweeting on Twitter and not actually responding to journalists when they email them purely because they don't want to answer the difficult questions. Um, Except
1: they can't hold. And Hey, this is not, this is not localized directly to games development people, but like the amount of people who, um, are very good at holding their tongue in the moment or, or holding their tongue in an official capacity, but can't fucking help themselves from tweeting. Uh, just really can't hold back that flood, that floodgate there. Um, it's like, you're rich. What
2: are you doing? Just log off and go, (laughs) I don't know, like play golf or something. But, uh, yeah, the middle of that statement, especially read very poorly because he essentially said, Uh, The 20 sources included in your report, out of all of them, one wasn't anonymous. So, and I'm like, they're anonymous for a reason and you know it. Anyone in this space knows why all sources, like for example, in the recent report over at gamesindustry.biz by one incredible Rebecca Valentine on Scavenger Studio uh, season and the development. Right, right. Uh, harassment and abuse and misconduct that's going on in that studio. Uh, There's a reason why all those sources are anonymous. There is no way that you can sort of come forward in the games industry and not be anonymous and, you know, not face some sort of legal trouble. So essentially this is all to say that it's it's been a bad PR month for Cyberpunk, as was December, obviously, and it feels like every time that they say something it just feels like it backfires on them immediately. So I really hope that that really vague chart of just <laughs> no dates whatsoever and just like the cyberpunk yeah. updates roadmap is so weird, but I not hope- even
1: like in a month <laughs> listing. It's just like, here's no. a big plane, image of a line and then here's points on a line and I guess you can kind of infer hey, please infer what these percentages of the year look like. It's right. it's a
0: bad graph. <laughs> it's, it's very
2: a- bad. I have never seen a roadmap of this Baron,
0: they 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 do not need this but to play devil's advocate for one second i mean please do. how sick how successful have they been pinpointing months to that's true. stuff? like yeah. Yeah. like i i think even if they had said specific months like what what uh, we would be sitting here going like well they've had a really shitty track record <laughs> sticking to that so like i mean I on guess, one yeah. hand i'm kind of like I don't know how much they could have said. The thing that I. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <This is> Jordan's
0: <laughs> pointing out that me playing devil's advocate is basically shitting on them even more, which is true. <laughs> um, but, it, but it's like they've been so bad at that. I think it was actually probably smart to be vague about it. But yeah. but the, the one thing that I really latched on to with that, which I, I think is interesting to me, is that he spent um, marsan uh, uh spent about like. I don't know, two minutes of that six minute video or however long it was talking about how complex the game was, how complex everything is and how big and connected and complex. Like we, we know, dude, y'all, y'all, y'all are the ones that developed it. Y'all are the ones that planned this out. I don't understand like why pointing out that the game is complex is some sort of explanation as to why all of these things broke it's yeah. complex it's and then you decided not to put the resources behind actually testing and planning this out so when everything mm-hmm. went went fucking toe up you decided to go well we didn't catch these bugs and it's very complex
2: you're yeah, the one I that mean, built
0: it like i don't understand like why yeah. why that's any sort of explanation for this it's, stuff that's so. it's not That's definitely, like, a problem
1: that is, again, not just localized to video games either, but, like, a problem of rhetoric that definitely exists in a lot of different media. I think I saw a lot of this happen around, like, Star Wars at the time and discourse around Star Wars and any kind of major media property. uh, You'll see a lot of this stuff where it's, like, people complaining about or, like, excusing things by saying, like, well, you know, in the lore of this world, you know, this is a storytelling thing, but, like, in the lore of this world, it makes perfect sense that this character does this thing that everybody thinks is like problematic and shitty it's just like they wrote the lore (laughs) like like these people make the decisions these don't things don't come sprung fully formed from the forehead of zeus or anything like that that people can just like then have to interpret it's like they made these decisions
2: absolutely and i mean going back to mentioning jason schreier's report over at bloomberg one of the things that really confirmed was the fact that this was just a project with constantly moving goalposts that did right. not give its development team enough time. I mean, they were caught off guard by the announcements of the release. And, you know, it's just it it screams of just being an excuse. And that's ultimately what it transparently is. And I, on one hand, going back to a roadmap, um, On one hand, yes, it's the most barren roadmap I have ever seen in this space. On the other hand, I feel so bad for the developers. There is no way that they do not spend that holiday break crunching to release this patch out that (laughs) ultimately isn't great and hasn't done the game much goodwill. Uh, They have said patch 1.2 will be more significant, but... Patch 1.1 was supposed to, you know, be a reassuring start to that path of making the game's quality better. And it doesn't seem to have gone that way at all. Uh, And so looking at this roadmap, I'm almost relieved that it's so barren and that there are no months because I can Mm -hmm. only imagine how awful doing this is for the rank and file developers. And so putting months and specific times on that, roadmap is just making me worry about the pressure that is on them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was the other thing I was going to say about this too was, oh, in a vacuum though, I will say this is the actual maybe devil's advocate thing here, which is that in a vacuum you take it, you know, removed from the weird sort of, um, UGC user generated content level and like weird Mm. free labor stuff around that. I think mod tools are a good thing in more video games in general. Mm and Cyberpunk or Cyberpunk CD Project Red has a good track record of supporting that sort of thing in the past. And, you know, I still think that like a lot of stuff with Cyberpunk, the problem is that they're starting from their back foot so badly with this. Like mm-hmm. when they put up mod tools for a Bethesda game, right? Like those games also come out broken. I will say I think Fallout 76 is a better game than Cyberpunk 2077 is even at launch versus what this is I'm now. Not,
0: you're right. You're, you're, you're totally right. But yeah, just think about that for, like, yeah. a second. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. But
1: those are also games that have great mod tools. And the thing about those games is that, like, those are games that, are, that have some kind of spark. They have a lot of content that people like. They have interesting kinds of, you know, dungeons and things to crawl. And the problems with those games are usually that they put, like, zero effort into the user interface and um, right. how you do the base building and stuff like that and what that actually means. Then people come in and they fix that stuff up. The problem with Cyberpunk is that, like, you can mod, uh, the bu- like, a lot of the worst um, user interface stuff, but you're still playing with a tiny, tiny meal. Like, the meat on these mm-hmm. bones is right. so, 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 so thin sure. in terms of, like, what you're actually doing in that game, which is basically just walking from Far Cry 3-style bandit camps and shooting guys. And that's basically 90% of that game. <laughs> yeah, um,
2: Absolutely. Like, so, ironically, yeah. I... I think I'm the most positive on cyberpunk in this room. Yeah. And that is because like there are glimmers of a game that I could have loved. Like like and by glimmers I don't mean that in like a like you know like a, a saying it in a journalist way just to use, you know, like a, a smart sort of phrase. Like no, like I have to squint to see the glimmers of light. (laughs) You
1: mean Judy. You can just say it. I I do
2: mean Judy. Largely Judy. Um, There are a few (laughs) other moments, but um, okay, yes, I will. I will be honest, Judy. Um, I might have a piece on that soon enough. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Wink, wonk. Um, But essentially, it's like, there is no way to play this game without recognizing that it is unfinished. Like, it, it, it just is. And so... It, it makes me think of all the people who have been like, you know, like Witcher 3 launched with a lot of bugs and it got fixed eventually. Something that I've said numerous times that I've said again, um, the bugs in The Witcher 3 at launch did not take away from what was a very impressive, very finished product that right. just needed to be ironed out technically. Um, and so taking away the bugs from cyberpunk 2077 will not give it that will not give it the status of being unfinished and complete and just being a a great game from start to finish i mean like i don't I know. I just. I guess it's all subjective, but I just really disagree with the notion that the bugs are the only problems here. Right. Like, there is so right. much that is unfinished. There's, There's yep. so much inconsistency. The inconsistency in the writing is appalling. Um, yeah, I. I yeah, well, I, I think mean,
1: we've. You know, we've said a yeah. lot of this in the past. So. Um, yeah. We can maybe even move on to some other story I think we can put this to bed.
0: I think we can put it to bed. We Um, can
2: actually, as we would like to say, get it out of the way
0: without
2: spending 40 minutes on it. I
0: mean, we did, Natalie, we spent 27 minutes on
2: it. (laughs) But that's half of like 45. We're getting Uh, better. This time in
1: 2022, we're going to be able to say like, I don't know, I guess they put out a patch for Cyberpunk. Um,
0: Does it still work? No
1: well all right okay
0: moving on uh but yeah no i mean it remains one of the most interesting stories of the past year so you know like you know yep yeah sorry y'all we'll we'll, we'll, we'll keep
2: talking about it like there's no way to separate this game and (laughs) (laughs) each like we cannot separate ourselves from this game not because like we love it or particularly like super hate it or anything it's just like yeah. There is no way to separate that game from the culture and the industry right
1: now. I, one last thing I want to say, sure. John. Sorry, is just no, that, okay. like, for as much no, as I'm, no. I'm like the one who's like, we should move on from Cyberpunk. We literally just put up a piece um, like two days ago by Emma Kidwell that people can find on no. uh like praising the funeral scenes in Cyberpunk. So we're still putting stuff up on the website. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
2: no. no uh, okay. Listen,
0: I, I, the, the one thing I'll say is that some of the funeral stuff around this game, yeah, it's actually pretty interesting. Very um, good.
2: I remember yeah. Emma talking about it on twitter and i was like oh i want to see you write a piece about that yeah. and lo and behold she lo wrote it behold. for fan love that <laughs> um you, but man. i yeah when i went through that part i thought of emma's tweets and yeah. reading that piece i'm like yeah like yeah. like there there are glimmers of something glimmers. that could have been You're so right. much more totally and right. they're found in specific very specific sections very specific characters yep. that it makes me think like there has to have been at least like one or two writers in that team who really tried their absolute best, in spite of everything, to to make something thought provoking and touching yeah. and yeah. whatnot. And it's 100%. unfortunate that um, you know it's it's turned out this way. But we'll see how it.
0: How <laughs> we'll it see how out. it goes. Um, yeah, I, we could go in order here, but actually, what I want to do is talk about. Uh the game that some people thought was Final Fantasy 16 for a split second which oh, is Oh yeah. yeah. uh Project Athea for yes. uh from Square Enix uh which is uh getting a release date uh mm. release window I guess for January 2022 it looks like. Uh um,
2: Yeah. It's supposedly but then because we have, uh, so most of the links that we are using for this um, episode, shout outs to RPG site. I am a very part-time staff member on there. And they are fantastic at just getting any and all RPG news and reviews and whatnot. So absolutely go check them out if you haven't. Um, but this, this one is interesting because remember that, like, this is true. At the time of the writing, this was true. But do you remember when... Sony then released another version of the same trailer that just absolutely removed all the dates of any third party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is I what happens to, that. yeah, this is what exactly what happened to Project Athia and Horizon, and was it Horizon Zero Dawn? I know that Forbidden, Kenna, Forbidden West. Bridge of Spirits. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Forbidden West, Kenna, Bridge of Spirits. I think that those games and several other games had like a little text at the end of this trailer in january that was like hey these are the estimated release dates and then sony quietly removed that and just like replaced it with a trailer that didn't have those dates yeah hedging their
0: their bets a little bit
1: and then there was like also a thing where i mean when they announced demon souls they had things on those that said like coming to pc as well and it was like the Later that day, they were like, actually, no, it's not. And yeah, the marketing, the messaging on a lot of that stuff was incredibly confused and seems like it's continuing to be kind of confusing.
2: Absolutely. And I I mean, it was a bit of a downer because I'm excited for this project. Um, Just last week, we were talking with the wonderful Jess Howard about Final Fantasy VII uh, Remake and, you know, the fact that Maybe in an ideal world where a company like Square Enix was uh, a little more consistently braver, you know, maybe Final Fantasy VII Remake could turn into Aerith's story. Um, yeah. And so yeah. this is a rare female character-led project by Square Enix. Um, it's a new game in development. Um it is coming to both PlayStation 5 and PC. We don't know that much about it, but we do know that the trailer that we have right now shows a woman walking in a mysterious world filled with hellhounds. Um, she jumps great distances and uses seemingly plant-based special abilities. It's it's all very beautiful, very vague, but it, it caught me by surprise because, first of all, I mean, seeing a female-led... Uh, with, it's probably a JRPG um, by Square Enix that isn't Final Fantasy 16. That was interesting to me. Right. Yeah. Um, and people have really been clamoring for something like that for a while, especially yeah. after uh, Final Fantasy 15. It,
0: it, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, the worst one. Uh, the-
2: uh, oh, Final Fantasy 12. <sighs> okay, <laughs> You're both wrong, but okay. I need to fit <laughs> it in every <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think Project Athea looks interesting. I mean, it looks like a very open world action RPG and yeah. exploration heavy, um, kind of a little, maybe maybe more vertically um, mm. uh, e- exploration based than I think a lot of Square Enix games have been so far. So uh, I was about to make an allusion to a different video game that is very vertically exploration heavy, but I feel like, feel like I've done that too much. Uh, over the past couple of years, especially with uh, Genshin Impact. So I won't even say its name. (laughs) (laughs)
2: But uh, it's,
0: you know, uh, female protagonist. Is it your
2: favorite game of all time? It is my
0: favorite game of all time. And I won't say what it is. But uh, (laughs) the, uh, yeah, Dark Souls, no. Um, uh, Project Athea, uh, it is uh, a working title, which should not surprise anyone. Uh, The tagline from the Square Enix website, which I had never seen until this very moment, is, this is in all caps. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> in a world not her own. All right. <laughs> where resolve will be tested, truths will be questioned. And that's it. That's all it says. Maybe. Wait, um, really? Color in the yeah, United that's States. all it says. Um, <laughs> Natalie. So.
2: <laughs>
0: um, and the the, the developer
2: is also Luminous Productions, by the way. I just want yeah, to that uh, Yeah,
0: Luminous Productions. They had uh, their subsidiary of. um of Square Enix obviously and they did work on Final Fantasy uh 15, 15. Um, which you know yeah mixed uh, mixed feelings about that personally I mean I know a lot of people have really gotten into uh, aspects of that game I think the large like vistas and I'm sorry different- hold on
1: I just got a fucking I can't let this go this whole okay. new character that Natalie has created this Tony Yeo, that just exists to fucking make fun of Final <laughs> Fantasy 15 anytime somebody <laughs> mentions the name of that game <laughs>
2: It's your sleep paralysis (laughs) demon. What are you talking
1: about? It's just automatic. It's just automatic. you acting
2: like you don't
0: know your sleep paralysis demon? Okay, Sorry, John. No, 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 it's fine. I'm just pointing out that, like, yeah, this team had worked on uh, Final Fantasy 15 before. And, yeah, I feel a certain way about them working on this game. But it looks, I don't know, it looks cool. We still don't know near enough about it. But I think, like... They had presented this game to us first. So right. when the you know, the, the I to me when I see this first and then Final Fantasy 16, I get the sense that maybe uh, Project Athea is coming out before 16, but we've heard that 16 might have been in development for quite a lot while longer than we thought. It might be closer to release than we thought. So like we may see 16 before we see Athea. It's just kind of up to air. I definitely think we will. But um, yeah, to Natalie's point, like they kind of are stepping away from uh, calling their shot on too many uh, release dates, which I think is smart. I mean, they had to yeah. like, they definitely had to delay some Final Fantasy 14 updates because of the pandemic. And like, I don't know if they've ever fully gotten back on track with that stuff. So it I probably think so. makes sense. I mean, it feels like they have, but like it still makes sense, especially when when you know manufacturing physical copies of games comes into play. Uh, to To give yourself a little bit of a hedge makes sense until things go back to normal. But yeah.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Going back to your point of Luminous Productions working on this game and possible concerns, I think it'll largely depend on whoever the director is. I would be really interested in knowing who the director for this game is, because um, I think I think Fifteen was a a unique blend of directors that I don't think were. Very a, a unique
1: blend of people all. being brought on to the project and being unable to finish it, so they have to bring on a new guy who will close the door on it. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah.
2: See, you know the the usual, the good old razzle dazzle. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it began development uh, when asteroids began development. Uh, oh, so, okay. Yeah, it's like a lot of different icons of the industry have worked on Final Fantasy fifteen. Yeah, when it came out. Uh, that is all a, a joke.
1: The, no 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 John it was the last game that Reggie touched before he left games forever to go work at GameStop and go short stops or whatever the fuck is going on over there oh uh, wow I, can't I literally for,
2: don't know what the fuck I all of you are talking about I when you can't mention wait. stocks
0: <laughs> I can't wait for someone to explain that to me for the 15th time and still not understand it <laughs> um, anyway um, I think we'll move on I think yeah a, a lot of meat on that bone so let's, uh, let's keep going that? um I just watched
1: a trailer for one of the games that we mentioned on here, yeah. or one of the expansions, rather.
0: Uh, um, the ESO one, I'm guessing?
1: Yeah, I ESO still... Yeah, c- sure can. ESO, at The Elder Scrolls Online, TSO. I used to always call it, but I guess people call it ESO now, uh, still trucking along. I feel like they just put out an expansion not too long ago, and now there's already a new one uh, called Blackwood. Set- now, this... Tr- I always was under the impression that it took place between Oblivion and... Skyrim
0: but I guess this yeah. this this headline says set 800 years before oblivion before the events of oblivion yeah I don't I, I listen we we messed up okay we could have invited Dylan Skiffington on <laughs> I know to, explain this to us and we didn't um in fact we I, let's let's pencil him in for a February episode to just yeah. explain fucking Elder Scrolls Online to us because I don't I don't understand it but yes The new expansion takes place 800 years before the events of Elder Scrolls for Oblivion, the worst one. And, um, (laughs) well, have you uh, played Daggerfall? Well, I don't even count those. They only begin with Morrowind to me, um, which is not John's hatchet order of the Elder Scrolls. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, like Todd might as well not have existed before 1997. (laughs) Um, but anyway, um, yeah, like it's the the players will basically investigate Mayruun's Dagon, the ba- yeah. the big boss of Oblivion. He's like the um, devil. That's what I remember. Devil. Yeah uh
1: yeah it seems like they're doing some oblivion stuff uh so like in that trailer that i just watched while uh we were talking a moment ago um there's some dudes holding up a book that has the symbol that is on the box art for the video game of the elder scrolls for oblivion which is what i know about it (laughs) so i'm guessing that's an oblivion thing uh and then they go to hell Mm -hmm. okay good Yep. Um. And then the other big thing it seems to add here is that it's adding like party member, like NPC companions that will follow you around. Like, yes, that one lady from that game, Skyrim. She's the one who all the memes are about. <laughs> Everybody loves her. She's sworn to carry your burdens. Yeah.
2: Bernie Sanders.
1: She- Bernie Sanders. She's in this <laughs> one. And, um, yeah, I mean, they're just kind of continu- It's just amazing to me that that game is still, um, you know, moving along the way that it is. So I tried a bunch of that. We got codes for that last expansion and we had uh, Mike Williams on to talk about it on fan With, which will now be called channel F next week for people who, uh, aren't listening to that show. Um, hmm. but. It seems good. I had a lot of trouble getting into it. I, c- I could not bring myself to kind of uh, enjoy it the same way that I have even enjoyed um, Skyrim and stuff. But every time they put out one of these new expansions, I always think to myself, God, I should put some more time into that. I should give it another shot. You know, um, I don't know if Oblivion yeah. stuff is the thing that's going to bring me in, though. Yeah, it's, not, it's kind of not a not tough my favorite. sell, huh? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean, they added some Skyrim stuff in the last one, which is also not my favorite thing. They added Morrowind stuff a few years back, and that's when I actually gave it a real, real shot. Um, and I haven't really touched it since. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know. Do any of you have any kind of um thoughts about like trying to get back into this or getting into it for the first time?
2: Natalie, no.
0: would you ever?
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, okay. Well, well I am a total bimbo
2: in this subject. I did see that. Uh, Friends, Liana Rupert at uh, Game Informer wrote something on this and she said it was like an article that came out of like being horny on Maine. And so that interested me for a minute, but then I forgot to read it. So i am probably check it out. Uh, (laughs) I know that there are companions and maybe they're romanceable. I don't know. Right. I'm no clue. I'm a bimbo in this regard.
1: Um, Um, I will say. The like, I mean, this is the exact universe, like Skyrim in particular, not yeah, Skyrim in particular, um, is the exact kind of game that I'm thinking about when I say, like, the two pillars of modding a video game are making it <laughs> yeah. better and making it horny. Like, yeah, I don't know what the yeah. mod scene is like for The Elder Scrolls Online, but
0: um, I have to imagine it's at least a lot of not that pretty
2: trees off. and then romancing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: All all the werewolves have very, very nice boobs now. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, um, yeah. Like to me, Jordo <laughs> Jordo says six of them. Gross. Um, <laughs> to me, Morrowind stuff was the best way for me to get into this game, and it did not compel me to do that. Yeah, like, it, yeah. Them saying Morrowind, one of the most Interesting settings of this world combined with the nostalgia of the best game set in this world was not enough to get me back into this. Um, but I'll say this, like if I play through Skyrim for another 50 hours, like I sometimes do like every few years and I start to just get really bored with that, like I always do. And knowing that Elder Scrolls Six is, I don't know, <laughs> six hundred years away, off. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, this may not be the worst thing to try to, for me to get into at some point, but at the same time, I don't like. I've still got you know probably 150 hours of Final Fantasy 14 right. to try, yep. and I yeah. and, and I definitely don't think um, Elder Scrolls Online is more compelling to me than that. So No and in yeah. like
2: less than two weeks we're getting a showcase announcing the next expansion oh, so y'all first of all yeah, tune in for that ninety nine uh, potions episode. And second yeah. of all, John, get back to it. Chop, chop. Uh, Natalie.
1: Well, you, yeah, you and I should play some Final Fantasy 14. fourteen.
2: Yes. Oh my gosh, we tried it once, and then we were on different uh, data centers.
1: Data centers. Yeah. yeah. Data I gotta move.
0: Moves. I gotta move around. Uh, is yeah. What yeah. I gotta do. We should all. Yeah. Just we try should all that just that be on the same one. To yeah. be honest, maybe we yeah. can record an episode in the in the game. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, kind of I fun. would do that. I think
2: that'd be I great for that. helping John get farther in. Cause I know that I probably wouldn't have gotten so far and so fast if it wasn't wow. for playing with You
0: know friends. what? In the past uh, 60 minutes, we've had Jordan offer to fix your computer for you. And now you're saying that I need a ton of help to get ahead in <laughs> Final Fantasy 14. <laughs> no. This is just like, this day is just turning out to be very good for me. Yeah. Um, I'm just that sounds like <laughs> this I Truly, a this will be the winter of John. It will be the winter of John. Uh, I got distracted. <laughs> Boy, because- that joke would <laughs> not have fallen no, no, more no. flat. No, no, no. I, I got distracted because my wife asked me if I wanted pasta by <laughs> pantomiming. And I was, I was trying to understand what she was saying. We we, we figured it out. Uh, <laughs> and yes, I do want pasta. Thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, and everyone says hi, by the way. Um yeah. Uh, hello. And anyway, yeah, I I don't know if this is gonna get me back in. I I think like some of the companion stuff is interesting because I really I typically like to solo even MMOs. Yeah. But 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 I have to say, once I started playing Final Fantasy XIV and like playing um, some dungeons and stuff and like getting into that rhythm, I'm like, no, nah, it's actually pretty fun to play with other people. And mm-hmm. I I don't know. I I think I think like the solitude. Uh, pun intended, because there's a a place called Solitude in the Elder Scrolls games. Boom! Um, I think the solitude of playing these games is is maybe one of the my favorite parts of it. So I don't know if like playing with other folks in a MMO. <laughs> Here's the other part, and this is the last point I'll make, and I'm jumping around a lot. Yeah. It's like the combat in these games are terrible. Like yeah. Elder Scrolls real time combat is terrible this game does nothing to really fix those issues. So why am I going to spend, you know, a hundred hours in this MMO world that has these, these bad things going for it. But anyway, I don't know if this is for you. Cool. Um, Oblivion is like one of the weakest parts of that series to me, but if you really liked going to the Elder Scrolls version of hell, this seems like a good way to do it. Yeah,
1: I think uh, I think the the grander point here is that there is something there. It's maybe not for us, but clearly this has reached an audience that very specifically just fucking loves the Elder Scrolls Online. They're still they they pump out these expansions so fast, um, and so furious. It's really impressive, and for a game that people completely wrote off as like creatively bankrupt at the time when it launched to continue trucking along in this way and to f- find an audience like that. I think that's really impressive. It's maybe not for us, but
0: that's cool. Yeah. I mean, it seems to still be doing well enough to, to get these very consistent updates. Like that's, that's one thing I'll say in its its favor is like, they have been very consistent in releasing these beefy updates well after the game has kind of left the consciousness. I yeah. Like, yeah. so it must be doing well for them. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, That lady went woo that one time, and that was when we know that we
0: (laughs) had truly (laughs) become president. That lady did go woo. Hey, should we talk about uh, the Yakuza remasters real quick and then wrap up? Woo! Yeah. Okay, those are out on Game Pass.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Those are our journalistic comments. Um, Yeah, Steven, You uh, you are the Yakuza expert.
1: Yeah. Tell us. Um. everybody should play Yakuza start with zero and then play the Kiwami remakes and then play the um three four and five and then six I six I don't think is included in this because six is not a remaster that's six just a new is game a
0: remaster right so three should four,
1: four and five are the like
2: remasters oh go ahead did you ever finish like a dragon, Steven?
1: No, they deleted my fucking save.
2: <laughs> oh, that's still a thing. Okay. Yeah. I just want to. Yeah. They never what fixed what I
1: that. I've heard <laughs> one example of that getting fixed, and it was somebody who had to like strip their file, strip their save file out of the game system and send it to Capcom. So, or Capcom, Sega. So that's
0: Sega. I can't fucking speak today. Um, send it I to love, Sega. Now I love that it goes to Capcom first. <laughs> <go over. laughs> oh cool this isn't us but we'll look at it anyway so uh, the, you know they're just really uh, helpful in that way
1: Um, they sent it to Sega. They manually sent their save to Sega like fucking Metroid Other M on the Wii and (laughs) had them manually fix the save and then send the save file back to them so that they could play it. And they never did that for me. Um,
0: Unbelievable.
1: uh, And then they stopped returning my emails eventually. So um, (sighs) when I asked about it, I did ask Jordan, actually, producer of this podcast, who uh, people have heard us talk about a couple times this episode. But... I have asked. I asked them if uh, I should play. If I should just restart from the beginning because right. I just need that nudge. I need somebody to just nudge me to start replaying that game from the beginning. I know right. if if I just sit there and go through all of the cutscenes and just like skip all the cutscenes that I've already seen, it'll go by really quickly because right. the the early like third of that game is lots and lots of cutscenes. So yeah, but yeah. it's just it, there's so much else to be playing right now. There's yeah. always other yeah. stuff to be playing. But these um, remasters
0: yeah. of of three, four, and five are available on Game Pass. Like they're really, uh, truly, and uh, we say stuff like this a lot. Truly, no better time to get into the Yakuza series. Not it's at all. So yeah. easy to get into it. Basically, everything is available. On Game Pass now, I think. Like, Zero is, I believe. Yeah, I don't think Seven yeah. is included in Game Pass, obviously. Yeah, Seven's not included and in I Game Pass. And I don't know about Six. I think the inevitability of those is pretty much set in stone at this point, if you look at the, the pattern. But, like, by the time you finish Zero through Five um maybe those will be available those are big beefy games that yeah take a while yeah. to beat so bare minimum um, i
1: would play zero and kiwami one um the rest right. of them are probably better games than kiwami one even zero i think is maybe st- of the old-fashioned pre-turn-based y- like yakuza like a dragon game zero is very good zero is like they still think the high water mark um yeah. zero is incredible and is a perfect jumping on point for people because it's
0: pretty you- cool can you explain without spoiling anything why maybe three through five are not usually on the f- like the front of people's minds in terms of these are the best examples of this game? Uh, they're
1: weird places to jump into because those characters have become so established at this point that okay. the status quo of who they are. Like understanding the status quo kind of requires you to have played at least one of the earlier games, especially three, where I don't think it's a huge spoiler to say three begins with uh, Kiryu, the main character of most of those games, working at an orphanage um, in like the countryside and um, three, four and five, especially four and five really lean into um, extraneous characters who some of which never show up again for like the entire franchise because they weren't particularly well liked. There's this corrupt cop that you play as a little bit in, yakuza four that shows up for yakuza four and never again never gets (laughs) mentioned again um there's a baseball player in yakuza five that never gets mentioned
0: again Um, that's my my favorite thing in tv series by the way a character like gets introduced and then just never ever mentioned after a season Uh or something that's
1: really funny uh, this is a complete tangent i'll try to keep it quick but remember did you ever watch lost
0: oh yeah of course i did yeah.
1: my favorite example of that was back in in the lost days where they had those like two characters that came out of nowhere and everybody hated yes. them like everyone the fuck are these them. characters right and they made an entire episode just to kill them off to, so to told kill from them respect. off in like a spectacular
0: <laughs> way yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, lost was lost was really special in that regard yeah
1: But the Yakuza does not do that. If Yakuza finds a character that it doesn't think, uh, does or it thinks doesn't work, it just like pretends they never existed, essentially, for the purposes of the story. And four and five really have that problem because they have multiple playable characters. Yeah. Um. Three,
2: I actually think I do not see it
1: (laughs) exactly. That's (laughs) Sega to its fans. Um. And uh, three is actually a pretty okay place to start. That was where I started with the franchise because it was the first PS3 game. Um. But still, like, I think one of the biggest issues is just that zero is such a perfect jumping on point that, like, why would you start with anything else?
0: Yeah, I, I think I think you should definitely start with zero for sure. I It's very, very cool now that the the bridge from... Uh, Kiwami two to six is now complete and really easy yeah. to get. You know, so like that—that that I think is the news here—is that if you are looking for the in between from Yakuza Zero to Yakuza Six, Yakuza Six is is not really thought of as m- maybe being the series best, but it definitely concludes a lot of. Uh, these stories. Yeah. That, like you really get started and there really isn't a whole lot of game storytelling that is like this, you know, this, this no. really sweeping story focusing on one character and kind of the environment around that character uh, for this many games for this many years. And uh, a, a, for, uh, a contemporary
1: story, right? like
0: contemporary
1: RPG set in like a yeah. modern day that isn't Grand Theft Auto shit all over the floor and call it satire style storytelling (laughs) that that has heart and is earnest and interested in people and stuff like
0: that. It's yeah, great. it's it's great. So now is really the best time to get into that stuff. So if you have Game Pass, really no reason to not to try the stuff. You should start with zero. But if you're through that and Kwame one and two, you should definitely try uh, the remasters of three through five. That's really gonna do it, I think, for this uh, news quest. We uh, we covered actually you know quite a bit of ground. Uh, yeah. There wasn't wasn't a lot of like major earth shattering news, but we definitely covered
2: uh some January stuff.
0: that's January for you you're totally right about that um, yeah we'll uh we'll have a full slate of new episodes for you in February and we can't wait to uh, see y'all again. Uh, in the meantime, you can uh, check out our, uh, all of our podcasts over at com slash podcast or podcastnet.work. dot <laughs> work. Uh, if you, <laughs> I just love that URL so much, uh, if you want to join a community full of really wonderful people who do community events and, uh, fun little activities and streaming stuff and very cool stuff. um, you should go join our Discord. It's great. Uh, go to fanbyte.casa. That is fanbite.c.a.s.a. Like house, uh, yeah. and that is our house. If you want to go hang out there, um,
2: I love our, that URL. Yeah, the network one is funny, but I love the casa one. Uh, yeah,
0: dot casa is very sweet. I love. Moderated that. It by Hugh good. Laurie, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. Stupid. (laughs) Um, uh, Okay. Jordan is our wonderful producer. You can go check out uh, his Twitter over at Jordan underscore Mallory. Thank you so much uh, for looking up stuff for us in this episode. Um, Oh, yeah. Uh, Jordan has also started uh, at Goodwill Goblin which is a really, really wonderful Twitter account that uh, collects all of these incredibly bizarre video game deals that show up on shopgoodwill.com. Uh, it's a really funny account. I love it so much. You've probably seen it in the news over the past couple of weeks. Uh, and that and It was totally uncredited for a second, but then we fixed it, so it was great. Um, and that's a really good account. Steven, where can folks find you online?
1: At Steven's Drum, S-T-E-V-E-N-S-T-R-O-M. Natalie where can
0: folks find you online?
2: You can find me at Hearty Media. that's heart i m e c i a on Twitter. Uh,
0: you can find me at floppy adult you can also find fanbite at Fanbyte media. Um, and uh, this week like every week i i my mouth is a bit dry we've been talking for about an hour. I think it's time for us to uh <coughs> creep, up, creep up to that bar. Yeah. Sit down at the uh, at the at the bar. Tap on the, tap on the countertop, the barkeep. Bar over, yeah. Barkeep. That's, that's what Stephen sounds like when when they're at the bar. I don't know why. Yeah. No. But that's that's what they sound like. Um, and we just order a big old potion and we uh pop the top and no. we uh go